0: Go. Oh, I've let it go, please. There it goes. I've let it go. Here it comes. Are you going to sing this part? No chance. You want me to? <laughs> uh, the next time you go to a movie, do me a favor, don't tell us. So that way Lance doesn't play every song from the song card. Okay?
1: If I ever do go to another one, I promise you, you will not be with me. I wasn't with you for this. Well, you're 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 sort of a yeah, downer. It's Blair and you, you I'm not a downer. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I, I
0: just uh, you know. Okay, we were gonna talk about the. Top Gun Maverick at
1: the beginning, but, oh, I, but can't I, didn't, to, I can't wait. Didn't to, all the songs. I can't wait. I can't wait to you come back and you're like, "Hey, you remember that part when he did this? I didn't really like it. And you remember that? And why would he do that? Not like. What's that. going on here? I'm not like. Look that. at all these notes I did.
0: I just want. I want <laughs> lots of noise, lots of action, fast you get planes. All of that's that. all I want.
1: All of that.
0: Maybe a couple of dead Russian fighters. Going, whoosh, whoosh, that's all I want. Don't mm-hmm. tell me. Uh, we're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker. I was going to say whether or not you like it. It's actually, I'm reading the script. Whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast, um, all you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. Now, yesterday we asked you which Minnesota twin is the only catcher in MLB history to win three batting titles. That was disgustingly easy. You should almost give us tickets. If you answered that question, the answer was Joe Maurer, which how long did it take us to get that? Four seconds? Yeah. Maybe. half that. Today's question is a little more difficult, and it's to win tickets to see the Jays and Twinkies at the Rogers Center on June 5th. The question is, and I am going to admit this, I would not have gotten this. This guy would not have been my third guest. Which pitcher holds the Twins record for most saves in a single season? I'm not saying I shouldn't have got this. I'm saying the first name that came to mind was not this guy. Again, which pitcher holds the Twins record for most saves in a single season? You can text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. We'll have more tickets to give away next week. Would you have gotten this?
1: No. I don't like pitchers my kind of
0: when it comes to saves and closer stats it's probably the area of, of useless baseball knowledge where i have the least amount of useless baseball knowledge i'm bad on who's the saves leader in this team who set the saves record this year who's the all time career saves le- saves leader i'm just bad in that
1: other stuff i can kind sort of get saves i just don't it's, I'm, it's weird I'm the, I'm the guy on on how did he do it like mechanically did he do this like that that intrigues me i like digging into that and figuring out how certain guys do certain things better than everybody else and i'm with you i don't the stat thing of it like it's i, w- I was thinking about this i'm looking at this question
0: i probably could not tell you the career saves leader you know without having to really really think about it I I mean the Padres, I get Trevor Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Um Only reason I know that's I played with him. I mean, I'd be really hard pressed to come up with other career mm. save guys. I just would. Mm. Yeah, just it's it's like I don't know if it's a blind spot, but uh anyhow, five ninety five ninety is a text line. And again, those are for tickets to see the Jays and twins down at the Rogers Center on Sunday June 5th which pitcher holds the twins record for most saves in a single season I think maybe it's also the the older you are and I'm not but the older you are the more baseball you've seen you tend to you're you tend to start farther back right like if I'm thinking of okay I'm thinking of guys like I'm not going to say the name but I'm thinking of My first thought is guys who pitched in the 80s and 90s, and then you kind of gradually work your way up. Mm.
1: Did I ride a train with this guy
0: back in the... No, it's not. (laughs) Jack McDowell, I did not ride a train with him. (laughs) Former White Sox ace, 1993 AL Cy Young Award winner, will join us at uh, 11.30. Um, Jack, uh, shall we say, has a unique perspective on the modern game. And... uh, if you've heard him interviewed, our friend Jack Curry did an interview with him, which was tremendous. It went into, it went into great detail on in an incident where Jack flipped the bird to the Yankee Stadium crowd as he was taken out of mm. the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he was one of the original. I think he played in a band. Jack McDowell had a band, I think, at one point, too. Uh, he, he's, he's an original thinker. He's an original guy. Uh, he is an original in all sense of the words, and we're looking forward to having him join us at 1130. Don't forget the Jays and White Sox start their three-game series tonight, 7.07 first pitch. This is, boy, this is a good pitching matchup. If, you, if you're a fan of, of elite pitching, Kevin Gossman against Lucas Giolito is probably as good as you're going to get. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu against Michael Kopech on Wednesday, and then Alec Minow and Johnny Cueto on Thursday. That is an afternoon game thursday and we'll still be on 10 to 12 uh eastern and then we'll do jay's talk after that game till seven o'clock we'll also be on jay's talk following tonight's mm-hmm. game it'd be nice to get a fast game tonight aussie Gian is a former world series champion manager he managed the Chicago White Sox from 2004 to 2011. He is currently an analyst with NBC Sports Chicago and uh, managed Kevin Barker in winter ball. He, w- which
1: he wouldn't remember this. Manages Kevin
0: Barker in winter Forever ball, which, which makes him one of about 400 people to manage Kevin Barker. I believe
1: he was a player coach at the time.
0: Ozzie Guillen joins us in Blair and Barker. Mr. Guillen, thank you very much for joining us. Be honest, you don't remember Kevin Barker Absolutely as a player, not. do you? It's like
1: 50 years ago we played... Good morning, guys.
0: No, I drink too much. <laughs> I, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad to see that I'm not the only one who... Uh, me too when
1: I played winter ball. Yeah, I'm glad to see I'm not the only
0: one who's who's been left awesome. in, in that condition by being close to Kevin Parker. <laughs> hey, Ozzy, you're the perfect guy to ask this question That's of. Awesome. Uh, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays, good young team, preseason pick for the World Series by a lot of people. Uh, I mean, for a variety of reasons, they've gotten off to a bit of a sluggish start. As someone who's managed a champion, Ozzy, when do you know a team is really ready to take that next and final step?
2: Oh, that's kind of hard because baseball is so different and and so many different things. Everything had to click together to be in that position. I think the Toronto Blue Jays, the way they played last year, uh, with, the, with the players they have this year, with the young talent they have this year, I think the window it will be open for a little while. Obviously, uh, they compete against a great division. You know I mean? It's not other division. Like, you lose six games in a row, you're still in the pennant race. You lose 17, you know, seven games in a row, you're still in the penal race. Or you win seven games in a row, uh, you you only gotta get one or two games in 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 a in a column, winning column. Uh but I think uh, I believe the Blue Jays have a great season, great great young talent, great young talent, maybe the best young talent in in, in baseball right now. Uh surprised so the way it started, yes. I think because they're not hitting the ball that, that people thought they're gonna be it. But I think they still have a hundred and thirty games, twenty games mm-hmm. On the clock, they got to face the team they've got to compete against for a division title or for a wild card. Uh, I think the way they, 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 long they, they come back be healthy, mm-hmm. I think that, that team is going to compete, especially with the pitching staff they have.
1: Okay, Ozzy, I, I don't want to ask you uh, what Tim Anderson brings to the White Sox. We know he's a great hitter. He's a great player. But I do want to ask, do you think this team as a whole is good enough to overcome losing him for a long period of time?
2: Wow. Uh, that's going to be hard. Uh, you know what I mean? You, gotta, uh, you can replace a lot of players for a few days, few weeks, just because they, you know, the time is a there But I think Anderson is the uh, is bone. is mm-hmm. he, the heart of this ball club. I think T.A. Uh, has been playing great you know I mean, for so many years with them. Uh, the way they, these teams struggle right now at the plate, uh you to miss so this this is gonna be a big piece uh to be missing. I don't know how long uh he going to be out but you, you know, last year they replaced managed with Vaughn look at what kind of player Vaughn comes in. Mm. Uh, and but you know Mokari's not hitting, Jose Zebra's not hitting, Grandad's not hitting the only guy who was swinging the bag good or oh, they still swing the bag well he was still Anderson and Bonnie. They shooting the about Well, besides that, you know, I mean, it's just uh, this this ball club been suffering a lot about the office. Last thing we we saw, uh, this thing is gonna be a struggle like like this way, the way they are in the last month and a half. About you know, I mean, just just check this lineup. And obviously, they they went through some injuries, very key injuries. Roberts has been in and out. Uh, obviously, he managed his house. He's supposed to come back in a few days, a few weeks. Uh, Lynch is been out, but uh, still, uh, with those guys out in the, early in the season when they were facing the old division, I think they still have a lineup to compete against that division. Uh, it was not that way, but I think they struggle right now, really, and losing to uh, I, I, I know you uh, to win division, you got to survive when people miss him because you will miss key players through the season. But I'm missing these kids right now. And Pantera, you know, obviously, Roberts just isn't on the lineup. It's going to be – not the way they're going to miss him, but the way they're the ball right now, they're really, really, really got to – you know I mean? Going to shaking their head like, wow, We now we're we going to miss one of the best guys we have. Maybe one of the best guys in baseball. Mm-hmm. That was just kids every day. I miss these kid every – I see this kid every day hitting – outstanding. It's just unbelievable hitter. Um it's a it's a lot better shortstop. I know early in the season make few errors, a big errors and and all of a sudden turn turn everything around. And he's done he playing good shortstop like he did it the year before and and you know this kid is is one of the best players in the American league right now.
0: Ozzie, uh, the decision to uh, cut ties with Dallas-Keiko, if if the White Sox, let's just say theoretically the White Sox had a five-game lead or a six-game lead in the division, might they have given Dallas-Keiko more rope, do you think?
2: Well, that's a, a very tough situation because uh, Keiko, he wasn't pitching well. He, mm-hmm. wasn't pitching well. he pitched a couple games good enough, and uh, for some reason, Tony pulled him out of the game uh but he, he was struggle almost all year, and he got he was lucky too he, he, he facing like back to back to back great hitting ball club and they they faced angels Yankees, and boston and they faced boston when they bat they was on fire they he faced the Yankees when they was on fire mm-hmm. they beat them before but uh you know what i mean it's two thing about it think about it he wasn't pitching well um uh, I never see children uh, Jerry Ranzo eat that much money to release a guy, but then on the other hand, they can go out with 6 men rotation because they have a Cuero. They they, they bring Cuero and Cuero is pitching very good. Uh, they put Velasquez in 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 the bullpen. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Keiko can pitch at the bullpen. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know pretty soon, links coming up. And also, we have a contract. He pitched 160 innings. That contract gonna be 20, 30 million, million, 24 million dollars ah. for next year. We will kick in. And there was in Say they released them for that, you know. know because uh, that's not fair. But at the end of two ten, the two general ten, he wasn't pitching well. Plus, this contract will hit and will hit hard.
1: Ozzy, you mentioned Johnny Cueto. He's pitching game three, and Lucas Giolito is pitching game one. But the guy pitching in the middle of the of game two, and Michael Kopeck, you know, you look at him, average against him is a, a buck 22. Hitters do nothing off him. He throws a lot of fastballs. He's got confidence in that thing. What makes him so good? Why is he so hard to hit? I
2: love I love his attitude. You know what I mean? I think when you're to face the White Sox nowadays, you're going to bring, you know, you're going to bring the good stuff because they have. Dylan Cease throwing the ball unbelievable. You got Jolito. Uh, I think they, they, in, in this bunch, in between those three guys, I, I think Jolito is the, the easiest one to face. If I was a hitter, I'd rather face Jolito than Seas or Coppock.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, those, those, you know I mean, believe me, he has got like, a lot of confidence. Um, he he, he want to be out there. He want to be good. Obviously, when you have that time and stuff, you know, it's fastball, it's, it's the best pitch. But uh, it means a little bit of breaking ball. Uh, sometimes you want to throw harder than what, it, what it taught, but, uh, it's all. But now I think he started to learn how to pitch without throwing 98, 99. go down to 96, 95, mixing some pitches. But uh, the competition you bring to the mound, that's why I think you make it makes him better. He got Chris stuff, he believed in himself. And in that particular night when he pitch. It reminds me a little bit of a Jamma Dow kinda type or oh, DC kinda like you know, when I got the ball, uh, I got it. you know what I mean, that's 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 my game, that's why this kid is so good when he's pitching.
1: Now you mentioned out of the three you'd rather face Giolito. What would be your approach if you were facing him against him?
2: Well, Giolito has a very fastball. And his change up is is i think to me the best pitch you have is a change up. Uh, you you away from the change up. Uh, you chase a high pitch and you 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 gotta see a great change up. We're gonna change up in any count. Uh both go different ways we throw a change up and as another guy I got a lot of a lot of confidence and stuff. And I seen him every day I've seen people uh, guessing the wrong pitches, uh, the uh, pitching sequence. I know what to say is the same because changes come and no matter what kind of, the, uh, what kind of uh, situation you are and what kind of count you are. And his changes is terrific. His changes, I uh, think, to me, that's uh, the biggest bullet he
0: has. really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much, man. Terrific insight. Be well.
2: All right, guys. Take
0: care of yourself. You, too. Thank you. That's Ozzie Guillen, NBC Sports Chicago analyst, White Sox manager, 2004-2011 World Series I forgive Series him. Champion, not remembering me either. I love the fact that he said he drank
1: too Drink much. Drank too much. We'll get in line when it comes to winter ball. <laughs> yeah. You're passing those out. Uh, so you played winter ball in
0: the Dominican Republic, obviously. A lot. Venezuela?
1: A couple of times. That's where I played with Ozzie. Right. Puerto Rico. Did you play in Puerto Rico? I did. And then Mexico.
0: Mexico was winter
1: ball or was it? Both. Both. Summer league and winter ball. Oh, you played summer league in Mexico. I forgot about that. Oh, it's hot. Times that by three. Yeah. No air conditioner on buses. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you want to quit baseball, you you come ride that bus for what was one, it like- one trip.
0: Venezuela's like really different to play winter scary, ball in, isn't
1: scary, it? scary. Scary. You got to be careful. Like it was. Yeah, we, we all know we all know what goes on there. It, it was it was like you had to be careful when you when you were out and what you were doing. What were the and, fans
0: like in in, in Venezuela compared fans to great. Fans the American fans? Were like
1: great. The, you like the fans everywhere in Winter Ball, it. didn't I, you? I, I did, but that's the only that's the only place I've seen a, an actual human being getting chewed on by dogs. Venezuela. Oh man, like they had they had security guards around the fence, which is all Winter Ball, right? Security guards around, and it they had dogs. Yeah. And you would jump. You know, you had fans that were frisky, tried to yeah. run from one end to the other yeah. to see who could make it. Yeah, It never happened. But they would just chew on them for like, <laughs> and you would stop game, you know, you would because you were throwing around the infield and everybody yeah. was like pointing, look. Yeah, it wasn't funny, but it was kind of funny. Like As long as it's not your Like league. And you could tell that, that was sort of the thing. You know, yeah. you, you see how liquored up you get to see who could make it across the furthest. And then nobody came to help them. They would go, I can't whistle, but they'd whistle, the dog would run off. You'd just leave them there. Like yeah. until they sort of got up and they were like trying to figure out a way to get over, and then some fans would just lean over and yank them into the stands and everybody cheer. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> it was awesome. Like I just part you, you gotta be mentally strong to do that stuff. Were the fans it's
0: different great. in different in different countries though? Where or were they because the only winter ball I've seen is in the Dominican Republic and I lo- I love yeah, yeah that.
1: Now, it, now the Dominican I was I don't want to say I was famous but I was well you were Kevin Baker I was uh, yeah I was known and it made it a little easier fans like me yeah and they and they would chant your name if you were and I played on a bunch of good teams which yeah. helped Mexico was sort of the same thing I played on some good teams yeah. made it a little easier but if you stink. Yeah, you're gonna get thrown stuff thrown at you and it's yeah. just part of it. It's like, you know, you you laugh at it. Like who you, you play on in Puerto Rico? Which team did you play on? I it was three or four different teams. I can't remember. Okay. I'd have to go back and and look at that. But okay. it was it, it 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 was like that was where I sort of my first winter ball was Venezuela. It almost ruined it for me. <laughs> yeah. Cause I went there and I saw some things I probably you'd think, Lord have Mercy. Like, yeah. do I really want to do it? Is it worth it? Like, yeah. you know, the organization actually sent me there. And I have to go back because, you know, I'm terrible with names. I have to write them down. Right. The co- One of the coaches that was in the Brewers organization was the manager of the team that I went to in Venezuela. And they wanted me to go to get you mentally strong sure, for the yeah, big leagues. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I've said this about Nate Pearson forever. Nate needs to go to Winter ball and get serious. There, there are guys serious serious that it Serious about – Ryan Barucki's another guy. That'll get you ready. <laughs> like, you want to you want to man up? Yeah. Give me the ball. That'll get you. Like you, you, you never been booed till you've been booed in Winter Bowl. It's so yeah. You know that's sort of and it ruins sort of. Yeah, I had to I had to get past that part of it. Mm-hmm. Like the off the field things, how to get to the field, what you're going to eat, how you get back to the field. I saw some things I probably shouldn't have saw, which almost ruined me going to Winter Bowl, which I'm glad it didn't because I couldn't wait to go to Dominican. Like I just that was life. Yeah. Like I didn't even. Uh, they didn't even call anymore. They just knew I was coming. <laughs> like, yeah. Are, yeah. You, are you coming? Well, you listen, know I was coming. They, Why are you even calling? It was awesome. Like Listen, I loved there, it. there are, there are, uh, there are absolutely guys who like that. Other than my father making a man out of me when I was younger, winter ball will make you a man in a hurry <laughs> when it comes to what you're trying to do as a player and what your weaknesses are and what you're trying to get better at. Yeah. You're trying to work on that thing, get better at it, but you're also – it's all about winning in winter ball.
0: And it's – it, it's it's mm-hmm. interesting too because there are two ways to go to winter ball, right? One, the organization sends you,
1: which is what to happened to ball. when I first went. But then, then it got back to you're really good at it. We want you here. Yeah, had nothing to do with the um, organization.
0: That was interesting hearing Ozzy talk about about Kopech as being the guy he wouldn't want to. He well, wouldn't want to face. I mean, fa- he, I mean, I I, I, I can see he's
1: thrown forty two innings. Jeff. Yeah. Okay, if you're a right handed hitter. He's thrown 42. He's thrown 42 innings. He's given up 17 hits as a whole. Righties are hitting .98 Mm -hmm. off of him. He throws, he throws his four seamer a lot. He throws a slider and a curveball. So he's got a little something for everybody. Something for everybody. Yeah. He he loves the heater. Like he's going to throw that. Like like Ozzy said there. He loves that, and and he thinks it's good. And he's gonna he's gonna act like it's good. And That's what I said. That's why I started the show about the takes. You got to be able to take that strike the ball with the slider. You got to take that close four seamer away. The little, the one a little bit up, the one a little bit in. You gotta, you gotta really be good with plate discipline. And if they can be, they got a good chance of sweeping this series. If they're not, they got a good chance of getting swept. I mean, I, I'm just going to say it like it is because these three pitchers, Cueto's one of those guys, he's going to add and subtract. He's going to disrupt timing. That's what he does. He's going to do all of that, herky jerky, flipping it and turning it and mm-hmm. aphasizing it. And he's going to do everything to try to get you out on your front foot and induce weak contact. And then you've got the other two dudes who's got T Rex, <laughs> mm-hmm. this little up and out of the ear. And then it gets on you in a hurry and he likes the elevator and he obviously likes the change up. So he, they got a. Three righties here is going to throw a bunch of righties some good stuff. And they got their takes have to be really good.
0: I loved hearing him describe Kopech as re- relating him to Jack McDowell, who's going to join us in a few minutes, and Dave Stee, because if you're a Blue Jays fan, you know what he's talking about when he says, just, I want the ball. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, got a little Alec Benoa in him. Yeah. Well, he knows that he's good. That's the first step. <laughs> he knows that he does. The I, I think part. It's too quick. It took yeah. me parts of five years to to figure out whether I was good or not, and then it was too late. The quicker you figure it out that you're good and you belong here, I and I, and I keep I, I, I hate to keep saying these names, but but uh, Julian Merriweather's is one of them who doesn't know he's good or not yet, and and uh, Ryan Barucki. Yeah, Ryan Barucki has no idea whether he belongs in the big leagues or not, and that's. That's sort of the separator is, okay, everybody's sort of, when you get to the big leagues, you got stuff enough to get to the big leagues. Now it's, do you believe you are good enough to stay in the big leagues? It's not hard getting there. I got there. A lot of people get there. It's staying there. And the ones that believe, like when they get the ball and they're on the mound, I believe my heater is good. And you got no chance of hitting it. And whether I'm in the box, it's like me when I was talking about, even if I can't hit a fastball in, I keep telling you this. It's Zimmer. Zimmer looks like he has no chance just by the optics of the whole thing. You got to look like, if I don't like the ball in, at least I look like, if you come in here, I'm going to hammer that thing, even though I feel like in my mind, you I can't no do that. Yeah. But it's that part of it. That's the separator. Is That's how you have 10 years in the show is you believe, you show that you believe. And even if you have a weakness, they don't know it. They have no idea what it is because you don't show that. That's the difference. It's, it's between the two is how long you stay in the big leagues is sooner you believe. Longer you're going to be there.
0: Jack McDowell certainly believed he had a long career. 1993 AL Cy mm-hmm. Young winner. Pitched for the White Sox, the Yankees, Cleveland, and the Angels. And uh, pitched for the Yankees when Buck Showalter was there, just on the cusp of those great, those great Yankees, those great Yankees teams. Uh, He also managed the Burlington Sock Puppets in the Appalachian League in 2021, which was a collegiate summer league team.
1: Did you play uh, summer league ball in the Cape? No, I never got a chance to do that. I guess I wasn't good enough. Yeah, no, I don't know. if You have to be invited to that. I was never invited. I came from, I guess, smaller schools and high school because that's between sort of the see if you're on the verge, can you hit with a wooden bat? That was sort of the thing was, you know, you can do it with aluminum. But can he get it down and get it singing? Because, you know, the, the sweet spot is an aluminum. It's, yeah, the <laughs> it's, whole thing is a sweet spot. It's like spot. feet instead yeah. of, you know,
0: Exactly, inches. exactly. Mm-hmm. Jack McDowell joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with JD, Blake and Aylish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Nice. Uh, it is Blair and Barker. ForceNet five ninety, Fan three sixty, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Top Gun version, Parker's back leg fits Top Gun version. Just again, let us know the next time you go to a movie, so we don't have to
1: spend. It's time. probably not going to happen again. How's that? That's fine. Until part two comes out. So you've already spoiled that part for me. <laughs> Uh,
0: the Chicago White Sox are in town tonight to start a three-game series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Gossman against Lucas Giolito tomorrow will be Hyun Jin Ryu against Michael Kopech Thursday. That is a 307 start, by the way. On Thursday, Alec Manoa against Johnny Cueto, and it's interesting because we just had Ozzie Guillen on talking about Michael Kopech and. Without being prompted, he was talking about, he, he, he was trying to put Michael Kopeck's on-mound personality into context for us, and the two names he mentioned were Dave Steve, which of course resonates mm-hmm. with Toronto fans, and our next guest, Jack McDowell, former White Sox ace, 1993 AL Cy Young winner, uh, and we're very pleased that... Jack McDowell joins us. I swear to God, Jack, Ozzy didn't know that you were coming on and he was Mm -hmm. talking about Michael Kopech. And he said the two guys he reminds me of are Dave Steeb and Jack McDowell because he said Michael Kopech never wants to give up the ball. Um, And that's something you don't always see these days, isn't Mm -hmm.
3: it? Well,
0: no, because they
3: aren't allowed. Yeah, you know, it's not I giving mean, up the ball. To, Someone's taking it from you. Determined <laughs> every game how long they're allowed to pitch. Uh,
0: uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, Jack. I, I wanted to talk to you about um, you know about, about a couple of things, but I, I saw the interview you did with Jack Curry, and I've 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 read things you know and 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 seen other interviews as well, and it's it's funny because Kevin and I have this kind of this running dialogue here about. The Blue Jays and how every time we see a shot of the dugout, they're gathered around an iPad between, not even between innings, between at bats. And look, I mean, we you know we've seen, we know where technology is going in baseball. We know that about yelling at clouds, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I did want to ask you, what in your mind would be an acceptable level? Of technology in the game because I know that, and I, and you're right. I think a lot of the, a lot of what we see drives us nuts. But what is acceptable in your mind for technology? Like, what would you have utilized? I guess is how I would put it.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's not like any of the stuff that's there now wasn't there when we were playing. It's the whole thing is it's not teaching or showing us anything new. What is it? What is it teaching us that? We didn't know before, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me, but everything is being dictated through it. And the whole game being predetermined through technology. And that is not baseball at all. Mm -hmm. It is not baseball. Baseball is the type of sport that doesn't matter if you're a great team, bad team on that day, you still got to go out there and do baseball. You know, you can hit twenty line drives right at people and be out. And you know what? Oh, we were a better team. Or you can have a guy oh he throws one hundred and seventy miles an hour, but guess what? He walked seven guys and gave up a home run, so he lost. It's technology can't predetermine baseball.
1: Jack, do you like the? Would you have liked the pitch
3: calm? No, pitch counts. Pitch counts to me are absolutely ridiculous. When it started in the little league. Way back when I was frustrated because Mike Messina, a Stanford guy, was the guy who helped Little League come up with their pitch count thing. Mm-hmm. And I get that because way back when it was like if you had one stud pitcher in Little League, they would just pitch him every single game, all game long. But you know what? Pitch counts. I got, I got a couple of questions for you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. There's pitch counts out there. Are... The nerds that are the pitch count guys, do they know how many pitches these different pitches, pitchers are using warming up before the game? Oh, does that matter? One guy warms up and throws 57 pitches, and another guy warms up and throws 20 wait a minute, that's the difference of 30 pitches that he's thrown today. Does that come into the pitch count? No, it's just the game. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Most of the the metrics that is used is not real baseball knowledge and metrics. Okay, Jack, how
1: about the pitch calm? You know, the, the thing that the catcher uses, he'll hide it with his glove. He'll poke the little button that says fastball in or... You know that's a lot of the to keep from people stealing signs at second base, keep the rhythm, you know, get the game over as quick as possible. As you as a pitcher when you were pitching, would you have liked something like that? No.
3: We just I just like you just changed up the signs, you know. And I know I know that most of the people when I got a guy on second base, they already knew because everyone kind of studied to see what different pitchers had as their sign calls. But you know what? You had different ways to go about it during the game that you could even mess them up. You know? Oh, they think a fastball's coming, but guess what? It's not. We just called a fastball, but we said between the innings that, no, fastball's going to be curveball, curveball's going to be splitter, splitter's going to be this. You know, so you just switch it up every inning. And how, how are they going to do it? And I actually would mess them up. If they're going to try to cheat and give, the sign to the hitter, guess what? He's got the wrong pitch. And there's also different sign techniques that it changes. Whatever the count is, it changes that. And so, you know, you can just be smart and play smart and not have to use technology, but they're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to use your brain and be a smart baseball player. You just have to predetermine everything and do everything that they dictate and tell you to do. Hey
0: Jack, when you when you uh, when you managed in the Appalachian League uh, in 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 twenty twenty one, how different were the players then than when you came up? Because uh, a lot of those guys, you know, they're younger guys. They're kind of the video age guys. They've played all their video games. I mean, I'm sure they've had a lot of people talking to them when they're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old about you got to do this, you got to do that. I mean, the the whole thing with, with the way the game is changing at the kids' level right now. Were you still able to relate to them, or did did you find that you had to, you know, boy, that sometimes it was like just banging your head against a wall?
3: Well, it's just, you know, at that level, even at the pro level, when I was managing rookie ball with the Dodgers, it's like basically – we had to teach the same stuff that we'd be teaching little leaguers when we're coaching little leaguers.
0: Mm.
3: You know, it's Mm -hmm. just all all the stuff that's going on in learning baseball now is just indoor facility stuff. And, you know, we don't want to learn how to pitch. We just want to increase velocity and increase our spin rate. But we don't even know how to pitch and be smart with it. And pitching, the reality of pitching and hitting is, Pitch to pitch adjustment, not just one swing in one level. You know, you got to be able to do it. And so kids don't play pepper anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you get bat control and actually figure out how you can hit an away pitch compared to an in pitch. And it's just so many things that have just been taken out of baseball that are not real good stuff for it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all the technology and all the metrics, guys are doing all this stuff, but if you have baseball knowledge and lay it out there, so that's just your opinion. But guess what? My opinions on all this stuff, if you measure it out, will kill the measurements that they use.
1: Jack, I always like to ask uh, the players, ex-players, who have had a lot of success at the big league level on who they would like to watch in today's game. And, you know, I like to watch Fernando Tatis Jr. just the way he plays when he does play and when he's healthy. I like to watch what he brings. Is there a certain player that, you know, you know that that person's either pitching or hitting that you're like, man, I want to watch this game because he does something cool. Is there a player like that that you watch?
3: Well, I'm not not watching all that much anymore because watching the game now is very frustrating for guys who played back in my time because, you, you just look at it, and so many guys don't know what to do. Base running is horrendous, even in the big old, big leagues. They, the base coaches don't even know what to do and what to say. And, you know, watching watching the pitchers just walk tons of guys and, you know, just trying to get everybody to swing and miss at pitches and everyone just thinks that strikeouts are the best thing ever. And strikeouts are overrated. Strikeouts don't mean anything unless – It's man on third with less than two outs. Then making a strikeout, that is a big situation. But guess what? Hall of Famers get out seven out of ten times because there's seven guys behind you that make plays. And guess what? You can crush a ball and exit velocity. doesn't matter if it goes to somebody. But a swinging bunt can be a hit. you know? Oh, the exit velocity and launch angle didn't work, but guess what? It's a base hit. All this stuff that they're throwing out there, it's just not reality of how this game is played and adjusted, and that's the frustrating part of it. I mean, take a look at even, you're even seeing it in the World Series the stuff that's going on. Pitchers not backing up bases, not covering first when the ball goes to the right side. It's like, they don't have any idea how to play the game of baseball, or they don't have a great idea of how to pitch, how to, you know, that guy just swung at that. Now, how do I go to the next pitch? What would I do? How do I feel on this? You know, that's, it's, it's adjustment pitch to pitch and you learn. And that's the other thing that's being taken away that they don't believe in anymore. All the people that run the game now and control the game they are taking away minor leagues. You know, they're trying to chip away at the minor leagues. But why did why did baseball have so many levels? It has so many levels because it is a game of adjustments and a game of progression. Some guys will continue to get better and figure it out and be able to keep going against guys that get better also, and some guys won't. You know, they, but they always talk about, oh, look at all the first-rounders that didn't even make the big leagues. But look at all the thirtieth, fortieth rounders that are Hall of Famers. Hmm. But wait a minute. It wasn't just because the scouts don't know what to do, it's because some guys will continue to get better and get smarter with this game and some guys just don't. It, Jack let's take it Iron Leagues because they think that they can predetermine who the guys are based on their metrics and on their technology. Who, who are the guys that are going to be good big leaguers? They don't have any idea. It's not about that. It's about mentally getting better and being able to adjust physically, pitch to pitch.
0: Jack, last question before we let you run. I wanted to ask you about the nineteen about the Yankees and you pitched in the nineteen ninety five Yankees. Were you, they were obviously? I mean, you know, they were on the cusp of great things. Did you did you think then that? they were going to have the type of run they ended up having.
3: Oh gosh, no, I would have stayed there. <laughs> no there you go. At least that you're honest. Probably turns out to be one of my dumbest moves looking back on it. But I mean, the bottom line was when that season was over and they fired Showalter. me and David Cohn were, were talking about right. going to the same team, no matter what. Right. Hey, let's go to the same team. But guess what? The being a, had to play seven straight years to be a free agent because of the 94 lockout thing. Right. The, you know, after pitching that, I only got two offers and Kevin Brown got the same two offers by two teams. So we had to just kind of pick one team or the other. And he took, you know, he took the Marlins and I took the Indians. And I thought it was cool taking the Indians because I could go back and slap the White Sox for just getting rid of me.
0: <laughs> Jack, listen, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much for Thanks, doing Jack. this. Be well, man. All right, take care. It's Jack McDowell, uh, who is never afraid to voice nope. an opinion. That 1995 Yankee, I mean, that, that's one of those things. The 1995 Yankees went to the ALDS. Walter gets fired. Of course, we all know what happens after that. Mm-hmm. And then they go on a run. But uh, he was... Yeah, his his year with the Yankees, man, it was his his interview he did with Jack Curry uh, of the Yes Network was interesting because that was kind of the that was the very beginning of the core four. Mm -hmm. Right. That was when the Yankees were just stuff was just starting to bubble underneath them. And he made an interesting point about how frustrated he got because he got his ass booed a couple of times by Yankees fans. And Walter went to him and said, look, our rotation's a mess. Like I'm gonna I'm literally gonna need you to suck up innings. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating hearing him talk about that. Cause everybody thinks all oh, the Yankees back then, it was all Cadillac rides and everything. No, no, no. If you look at that team and that's what he was, you know, he was left out there to suck up that extra inning and a third had or no an choice. extra two-thirds of he had no choice. And he accepted mm-hmm. it. And he accepted it. It's a fascinating. If you get a chance to see that interview, it it you really get in to. Kind of that psyche of doing the team thing, which is interesting because Jack McDowell, McDowell, in a lot of people's minds, is a very singular person. Mm-hmm. But that that whole story of the '95 Yankees that that's really fascinating. When your manager goes to you and essentially says,
1: "We need you you're, you're my life preserver. Oh, yeah, we need you because
0: I got we really got we got nothing. Sure, and. Mm. And he's right, you know. He also because of the 1994 strike, there were a whole bunch of guys in 19 uh, it, in that 1994-95 seasons whose whose career was really, whose careers I should say were really kind of kind of had a wrench thrown in them. You yeah, know, our friend Pat Henkin. Look what Henkin did in '95. Yeah, Henkin had a horrible year in '95, mm-hmm. and he'll tell you why that is. He's not going to make an excuse, mm-hmm. but he'll also tell you that he was not ready. Like spring training, completely. Nineteen ninety-five spring training made this year's spring training look like a look like smooth sailing, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys ne- have never never recovered from it. You know what time it is? It's time for Barker's back
3: leg bits.
1: I don't know who he was praying to, but he Barker's like, "Get up, get out of here!" And the guys right at the fence, like, "I got this one." You know, <laughs> the umpires would throw the balls out like, "Hey, Barker's up! Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones." I feel the need.
0: I think we also have to add Ozzy's thing about I was drinking. <laughs> Do you remember Kevin Barker? No, I drank too much. Uh this is Barker's back leg bitch. That time of the that oh, to. that time of the day where uh, You're awful. That time of the day where we uh, deal with listeners' questions for Kevin uh, Simon Massey is now the mo- moment for the Blue Jays to turn up the momentum for their 2022 season. White Sox without Anderson, Twins without Correa, and a bunch of unvaccinated others. Casey, Detroit, Orioles fielding on competitive teams. I I don't know about the Orioles. Could you see the Jays going 12 and four over the next oh. fortnight? Set their season up. I mean, I you know turn up the momentum that. There's no momentum. The momentum in baseball is the next day's starter. So mm-hmm. if you're the Blue Jays, Kevin Gossman, that's pretty good momentum sitting there. I mean, yeah, listen, um, at at some point, at some point you've got to go on a run here. You You really do. At some point you can't. You know, winning five games in a row is pretty damn good. Winning a series is pretty damn good. But at some point, you'd like to see this team rattle off seven, eight, or nine look, wins look, in a row. Looks like
1: some other guys have confidence. Lourdes has confidence. Jano has some confidence. Uh, Vladdy's still in between. You know, really doesn't know what he's trying to do at the plate, which you can't really blame him. The way they're pitching him. Uh, Teoscar, for me, is maybe the key guy. If you can get Teo going. Yeah, Everything sort of, for me anyway, looks like it'll fall into place, at least where the order is lined up. And you can leave Jano at the bottom of the order where he looks just like he's a little bit more comfortable and everything will maybe fall into place a little bit more. EP, bullpen candidates to trade for. He's thinking of
0: Trevino with the A's. Hendricks or Graveman with the White Sox. Well, it can't be Graveman because he isn't vaxxed. Barlow, Kansas City, anyone else come to mind? Um... I mean, I would love – oh, God, Liam Hendricks. I would love to have Liam Hendricks in this team. Keep in mind he just signed a multi-year contract. White Sox he's, not giving him White up. Sox aren't giving him up. He is – he's just too valuable right now. But I said this at the time. We know that Liam Hendricks visited the Blue Jays minor league complex. Sure. We know there was interest. I believe it came down to the fact that the, that the White Sox offered more money in more years. Sure. I, I, I sure could be did. wrong. But holy mother of God, if you have Liam Hendricks in this bullpen, if you have Liam Hendricks in this bullpen, he's the perfect guy. I mean, you want to – not is, only is he a no-brainer for Charlie, but he's a no-brainer that you can say, hey, can, you, can we maybe I, I, go an inning I, and a all third the, All of
1: those shows just are good, and they would be good adds to your team. But for, for me, anyway, you got to figure out why Jordan Romano consistently not throwing hard enough. Why, why is that? Like, I, that, mm-hmm. that, that, for me, is the one thing. You, you deal with what you got right now. All those options are good, and those are, those are you know, good choices that you, you're shooting for the moon for. They make your team better, obviously, but right now you got what you got. How do you get the guys that you got in the key spots better? Jordan Romano, after throwing 12 pitches, can't come out throwing 93 miles an hour. Why is that? Yeah. I'm sure they know, and they're not telling nobody, but you got to get that corrected and get that fixed. That's your first step, and then you start figuring out who you might want to add and who you can't add, but Liam Hendricks. I don't yeah. Rusa I mean, would want to give him mar- There's no way in I, hell. I mean, their division's not any good either. They're not in the American League East. They're yeah. not even in the West. Yeah.
0: No, there's no uh, There's no way in hell that that. Uh, sure wouldn't that's think so. But good
1: questions, though. Yeah, good, good, good questions. And I would. Uh,
0: I mean, I still think the Jays are going to have to address that situation. I'll say this well, right now. I'll, I'll, no I'll say joys. this right now. I don't think the guy who's going to be closing for them in the playoffs is on the team right now. How about that? If they. They'll go to the playoffs. I don't think they have their playoff closer right now. Playoffs. That's it for Blair and Barker today. No Top Gun talk tomorrow, I promise. Just be thankful that Barker didn't go and see Snow White or something like that anyhow. That's it for both of us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll be on Blue Jays talk tonight, however. Thanks for joining us. Blair and Barker, Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and, of course, wherever you get your favorite podcast.